0: So you're going to spend nine hours on a plane on Tuesday. Yeah. So how? Hell yeah. So what's, what's your plan?
1: Well, the last time I was on a plane, I was going to this wonderful facility in Cuba. Um, <laughs> you might, you might <laughs> so, so this is, this is, this is, this is going to be a very different experience. Um, I've been trying to figure out what I'm going to do. Um, so then there's various complications because obviously I'm going to the land of our boy Justin Trudeau so I've got to be very careful. Sorry, our
0: person, our person.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. See, I'm already making mistakes as it is. I imagine that, like, I'm going to be pulled out by border security in, um, in Vancouver, and they're just going to question me on all the kind of, like, problematic stuff I have said um, about, like, various Disney films on my Twitter feed. Um,
2: of course. And coffee is not our soup, Hussein, It's a person. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so in terms of, like, in terms of how I'm going to spend the next night and the nine hours on the flight um i feel there's like several options so the first one is about i just listened to down of the sickness for nine hours straight
0: um
2: uh-huh. then you come off and you are brendan o'neill <laughs>
0: <It's>
1: like, <laughs> where, where did this wallet chain come from where did this it's fedora- an
2: ancient ceremony that transforms you into <laughs> brendan o'neill <laughs> you, you get you get off the plane and they're like uh yeah hey, what, what
0: country are you coming from and you're like i'm escaping the caliphate in london of course <laughs> the Caleb fam- the fa-
2: the caliph escapes the caliphate.
1: The, 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 fa- the famous no go zone. Uh, the second yeah. option
2: is. <laughs> You're the and- bane of the caliphate. <laughs> um, so the second option
1: is um, to uh, listen just to spectator podcasts and nothing okay. else.
0: Also very rational. That
1: way, yeah, that way I can come out very rational. And I too mm. can have lots of like hot and interesting takes about starship troopers.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, which uh, ready I need to t- take on Jordan Peterson with logic before we do before we drop into the
0: theme song, I do kind of want to mention that starship Troopers thing because I didn't know this, but the internet sometimes does just give you a tasty little treat wrapped up in a little bow. And we all shed a tear uh, when activate, which is like just a free way to get like likes on Twitter by dunking on them. The sort of Tory youth outreach account just embarrassed itself into non-existence. Um, and we were and, and and it was it was taken down obviously because you know, um, I think the something like the leader was shockingly like involved in like an Islamophobic WhatsApp group or whatever. Like every single Tory is it's like an Islamophobic
2: they, WhatsApp group. What an yeah, amazing
0: that, concept that is. That that or they die in like a fatal wanking incident. Um, and uh, you know that's, that 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 got shut down. Um, of course, because they were like, ah, we looked at momentum. We saw that they were doing. They were um, they were doing so. They were doing memes. So we're going to do memes about Theresa May, the most memeable uh, world leader. And um, so that, that got shut down. And now here's the great thing: UKIP has one. UKIP mm. has UKIP has an activate called War Plan Purple. Um, What's and that? There's... My
2: veins? You want it to, to be slammed into you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Brownest of the brown liquors. You're saying to drink you, but here in a courtroom. Yeah. yeah so it's called War Plan Purple, and their slogan is "Service Guarantee citizenship." Now, can anyone tell me? where that interesting slogan comes from and what it means.
1: Uh, does it come from the famous communist movie Paddington 2?
0: Yeah, it comes from it comes from Paddington 2 when Paddington was trying to sign up as a um, as as a, as a colonial shock troop, of course. Um, classic. Yeah, the Paddington
2: 2 Sepoy Rebellion. Um, well, that was—it's exactly. Uh, Wait, it hang was. on a minute. Paddington is Peruvian, so he was busy expropriating lands from Daniel Hyden's parents. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Paddington then,
2: rules, and then coming, then coming to the
0: UK, uh, and and of course going on benefits and changing uh, West London into a cocaine narco state. But no, yeah, he's a cocaine mule. What do you no. think he's got under that hat? <laughs> No, um, uh, it's from Starship Troopers, which they say is a film about representative democracy. Again, can either either of you guys tell me why that's absurd?
1: I honestly like haven't seen Starship Troopers for a long time. All I remember is like various scenes involving guys like staring at boobs. That's the only thing I can that's, remember about it. No,
0: no I've, I've never looked. seen it. Well, Starship Troopers is a movie about. Well, it, the, it's a movie made out of a book. Um, and the book is this sort of a, a, a satire of fascism about this, con- about this sort of united earth that is f- a militant nationalist species that's fighting a war against sort of dehumanized alien bugs. Um, and the idea is that you're not a citizen of the country until you're in the army and you kill some enemies. Sounds um, regular. And the whole point of the movie is Robert Heinlein was like, uh, re- uh, Paul Verhoeven read Robert Heinlein's book and was like, ah, yes, I'd like to do something different. I'd like to make a satire of fascism. Uh, where, that's about a country that's so stupid they don't even know that they're being fascist. They just think they're a fair representative democracy. And what's incredible is that is is that um, UKIP Youth Outreach Activate that's literally run by um, ultimate Mesopotamian uh, genius statue and um, modern architecture phobe Sargon of Akkad. Um, that's their like youth outreach guy now, like a guy with
2: a gray beard.
0: Isn't um, he like? Isn't he like? Uh, f- isn't he like forty forty years old? Yeah, he's he's like
2: an, a senior said, guy with a with still, a still. That's young for UKIP. Like most people, are members of UKIP are technically dead.
1: Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> but like, so like someone, someone, someone said, but like the reason why him and Paul Joseph Watson are heading UKIP's media strategy is because everyone their mo- their membership like don't know how to use computers.
2: Hmm. Oh that's My grandfather awesome. died in 2014 and he still gets posed from UK. <laughs> 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 um but but they they said that actually they thought Starship
0: Troopers was a model for a representative democracy where um where everyone has to serve in order to buy into the state. So they are literally um saying as their model of an ideal society a satire of fascism about people too dumb to realize they're fascists.
1: isn't, isn't this like I don't know. I don't know if this is like the correct way of saying it, but isn't isn't this like movies like Fight Club or this the ones that are like supposed to be satirical about something, yeah. and then they end up like they end up just getting amassing these like huge amounts of like male fandom, um, who just like take it very very seriously until the like all the kind of actual satire that was intended just becomes irrelevant like the same with american psycho as
0: well right yeah it's like american psycho is a film about a cool business guy that does cool business stuff and
2: lives in a sweet apartment and gets laid all the time it's like this podcast yeah fight. no one gets that this is an irony pro-tory podcast <laughs> <laughs> fight, fight club is
0: just a is just like a, a film about a cool guy with sweet abs who wears a sweet leather jacket like really what like, like so possibly be No no
1: one, no one one, one understands that trash future is actually the Activate podcast.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Activate didn't go away; it just adapted.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, let's theme song it. Let's theme song it. What's up, what's up? We're back. We're back in the saddle. We're back for a remote episode this time. Coming to you over the freaking airwaves. We're coming to one another over the airwaves. Coming to you also over the same airwaves, but later. Hello, it's Trash Future. TF, the P about how the F is T. I'm Riley. How are you doing?
2: It's me, Milo Edwards. You can find me on Twitter at Milo underscore Edwards. Uh, I'm in Edinburgh, where it is cold. Uh,
1: and in, my name is Hussain uh i am not actually too far from london i'm in kent right but because of our very good transportation system in which is a six pound one-way ticket to um a six pound one-way a six pound one-way ticket to the nearest train station but more importantly um i tried to drive in uh this afternoon and there uh when i got to the train station the southeastern rail like shut down all the trains, and they're basically offering rail replacement buses to like places even further back in Kent. So you basically have to go back to go forward. Um, I, I
2: damn. I, Brexit.
0: Yeah. Damn. We live in society.
1: This is this is a society de- def- definitely a society. But I just dis- yeah. I, I didn't I didn't really fancy like having a scenic tour of Kent when there were more important things to do, such as listen to Starship Trooper fan casts. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I
0: think clearly what happened is uh, War Plan Purple has decided to disrupt the left's podcast
2: supply lines. <laughs> um, uh, by... Also, just like, what a terrible, like, it genuinely sounds like a strategy in Age of Empires. Like, who came up with that name?
1: Do you, re- do, you re- do you remember that, like, Twitter thread from ages ago about just a bunch of these dudes who were, like, imagining what a new civil war would look like in the US? And they were oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah, the, so- the Southerners will win because we have all the guns. And someone, like, made the point that, like, well, in, like, all the kind of, like, liberal democratic states, like, that's where all the, like, actual functional public transportation systems operate. Um, so in terms of, like, logist- like in logistical terms, like, those states, like, will will have an advantage. And, like, your guns really don't mean it, like, won't be as effective as you think they will be.
0: Oh, no, they're going to use them to kill one another before they kill a single one of anybody else. Like, they're going yeah, to say
2: they're a bunch of slobs. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, no, totally. I mean, it's the, there's going to be an enormous amount of score settling. Um, I, I suppose if in the case, I don't know, you guys have seen this, right? Like a lot of the public agencies have been told by like various government bodies to prepare for like an insane Mad Max catastrophe in the event of Brexit. Like there's going to be a lot of score
2: settling here as well. Yeah, oh, I, fantastic. War Plan Purple is prepared for this. <laughs> <laughs> war, they have special war. online shock troops ready to tweet <laughs> about how every film is actually about liberal democracy.
1: Have we considered that Warplan Purple is actually just like an extreme Barney the Dinosaur fandom? <laughs> <laughs> Bar-
2: Bar- it's Barney militant. <laughs> yeah, kind of, a Barney the, de- the Dinosaur genocide where he just murders everyone who's not Barney the Dinosaur. <laughs> I cannot All wait. Purple in some way it's like him, Milo from the Tweenie's uh tinky like Winky. one of the yeah, Tinky Winky. <laughs> so, somebody else. And, oh, and, Excellent.
1: And, and Purple Aki. Do you guys know the story about Purple Aki? No. Oh my god. Okay, so Purple Aki is like this like real like there's this is this like a giant lore behind Purple Aki, but basically he was this guy who had a face that like looked kind of like he was so, like he um, I don't know how don't know how to describe him other than that his skin like looked purple in like photos so he got the name Purple Aki and he gained notoriety because he used to go to like, all these like big muscle muscle gyms and he would just like what he would ask people whether he could feel their muscles
0: not, not,
1: not, not, not in a gay way just like you know
2: but like in an interested way
1: <laughs> to be very clear not in a gay way
2: yeah do you think he purpled up as a disguise <laughs> so no That's... one would know his secret shame yeah, that's 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 what everyone would know.
0: He was a classical liberal who had and a lot just, of hard opinions about the corn laws. He didn't he,
1: does, he doesn't he doesn't see race.
2: No. I've thought of one more person for the uh, for the purple genocide team, a uh, grimace uh-huh. from the Ronald oh, McDonald course. universe. Absolutely.
0: I mean that's that's what's excellent Master is, race. It's like we, this is just as genuinely like the Tory cabinet right now is like purple Ackee, grimace um fucking uh, uh 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 barney in the form of boris i guess <laughs> and matt hancock mp and matt hancock who is currently uh stockpiling blood and semen in the case of like
2: uh in the case of a hard brexit slathering himself with beetroot juice and hoping not to get noticed
0: <laughs> uh yo shall we shall we st- i think that's that's pre-show chat formally ended um can we can we get a ascent to formally end pre-show chat
2: yeah get into uh get into mm-hmm. the, the the main content of this meeting this is- this is my verbal signature <laughs> the first letter of my mother's maiden name is
0: <laughs> uh hang on actually also what i want to do before we go on friend of the show um uh Hagelbon, trevor strong been on the show we've been on his he's a great guy and what he's doing is uh he is a gofundme uh, for four colors red which is a, a leftist critique a leftist comics and so on um that are I think are telling the hist- conjoined history of judge dread and thatcherism, uh, which looks really really cool, and so I urge everybody to go over to Indiegogo uh, and um, support Trev get in on the on the ground floor of these co- of this comic zine uh, and, and, and get into it. I will put the link in the uh, in the description um, but yeah, I could encourage everyone to do that: I am the Pol tax so I, um, this is kind of a, an, a different a different sort of um, of show today because i this is something I've been thinking about for a while um, it's not really it's sort of connected to the news, I guess because we saw that like Apple was valued at a, a trillion dollars recently, the first company ever to be valued at a trillion dollars right mm. Yeah, but I mean, and we know it's because their main whole strategy is just sitting on like the world's largest pile of cash in Ireland, just with no way to profitably invest it, just proving John Hobson's theory about fucking um, um, over, oversaving and imperialism more or less correct. Like, there's literally nothing they can do
2: with it. Which is um, pretty funny. Like, I love the idea that Apple just has a huge warehouse full of cash. And they're like, what it? there's no more room in the warehouse for all the cash. What do we do with it? We don't know. Yeah, we can get rid of some of the cash to buy another warehouse. But then that'll only fill up with more
0: cash.
1: <laughs> it's like that scene in The Wolf of Wall Street where he has literally too much money. So he straps it onto various blonde women.
2: Mm hmm. Exactly oh, strapping it onto nerds.
1: So so that's what my theory is. Like every blonde woman that you see is actually just paid by Apple to like hold their money.
0: Uh, so all all blonde women actually are so that that's that's what that's what's happened is blonde women have been copyrighted by Apple because they saw Wolf of Wall Street, which is another movie that those guys like unironically uh, about a cool guy who hangs out. Tim Tim Cook keeping all that cash in his prison wallet, yeah. <laughs> it's just Wolf of Wall
1: Street. Wolf- it's, it's, mo- it's just a cool guy movie about a guy doing business.
0: Yeah, it's a cool guy yeah. movie about a guy who's really good at business, who makes best friends with Matthew McConaughey, and then yeah. like just hangs out with his friends all the time until and some fucking doing, narcs
2: come and ruin his good time. Doing seriously good Lamborghini drives and yachting trips. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's an unironically good movie about a cool dude. Like these are that's what I love about these guys. Like, before we go back into it, so these really are a really cool all, guy who likes to do funny voices on the phone. These are all people, like all the people who think this about these movies and who think that you know Starship Troopers is actually a portrait of a good society. All of these people, if Jordan Belfort had a Kickstarter, would do- would borrow money to donate <laughs> to it.
2: Nah, borrow it from the Apple Cash
0: Warehouse. Like these are all people who would like who would borrow money to pay Jordan Belfort's uh, GoFundMe, but then also would like um, spend 3,000 pounds buying indulgences from the fake pope that lives in the United States.
2: <laughs> uh, is he a SoundCloud rapper? <laughs> fake pope. <laughs> Young fake pope. Young fake pope. <laughs> I may have defrauded people, but I have never molested no kids. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Grills popping, raiments dropping. The thing is like, I, I, was sort of, I was looking at this I've been thinking of this for a while because, As of April I would notice that like, The S&P 500 Which is one of the main stock indices of the United States um, By market capitalization It's got like 23 or so trillion And three stocks Apple, Amazon, and Alphabet Google's parent company Make up a full 10% of that Like, They make up a full 10% of the mainstream
2: of the US economy Those three companies which is
1: sounds regular
2: astonishing yeah. but then and one of them is called alphabet which is an incredibly normal name for a company
0: when you add microsoft and facebook to that that um that gives us uh 15% of the S&P 500 that's astonishing those five companies are 15% of the entire mainstream US economy then taken in total the tech industry is 25% of the S&P it's like this is Certainly, a bubble, right?
2: Seems it that- wasn't there. Something that like Apple makes m- more money than like the combined GDP of all of Africa, or something. Something, yeah, yeah. That that
0: that I did see that recently as well, right? Like, you know, and yeah, I'm, I'm 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 a hypocrite. I'm recording this on my MacBook. Um, it's an old MacBook.
2: Fuck you. I mean, I mean, they're good products. I mean, I can't I can't deny yeah, them. Yeah, sure. But the fact is, and the thing is, my my thinking Unlike on this subject, other tech companies which make bullshit. <laughs> Well, they still thing. have loads of money. That's
0: the thing. I, I was, I wasn't really. Th- I was actually kind of thinking about Apple and Microsoft less. I mean, Apple's mostly this valuable, partly just because it sits on liter- on the world's largest cash hoard, tax free, in a series of Irish warehouses, and apparently strapped to a bunch of blonde women. Um, but oh, for sure, it's been a long day. Garden the Apple Cash Warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, they're just going to have to hire someone to mine their cash. Uh, while I was doing some research for this episode, I stumbled on this quotation, right, uh, from this article I thought was really illuminating. Uh, it's from a CNBC piece from a few months ago entitled, Tech Dominates the S&P 500, but that's not always a bad omen. By Karen and SP 500 Firestone,
2: is such a fucking sub.
0: Yeah. By Karen Firestone, who is a former fund manager whose Harvard educational pedigree should warn anybody sensible off of that institution.
1: That's it. You people have stood in my way long enough. I'm going to clown
0: college. That's the Harvard jingle now. Um, So uh, she says, uh, last night I swiped myself out of the parking garage, used ways to avoid the Fenway Park pregame crowd, removed the puppy's electronic fence collar before we went for a walk and streamed a crazy violent Netflix show after dinner bonus points for whatever we think that crazy violent (laughs) netflix show was and what it says about
1: karen (laughs) it was
0: cutting porn yeah she just like she's just shocking her dog and watching and and watching like snuff films on youtube
2: (laughs) wanking and shocking the dog to get herself (laughs) hard
0: that's 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 what these people are they're like they're absolute (laughs) just like Smiling sadist, like these, like she would definitely purge if the purge was real. She right. would purge so hard. I'm watching Netflix and pegging my dog while I electrocute it. <laughs> so she says, "Well, I watched the episode. Um, I guess the and masturbated furiously while shocking my dog as silent or implied. Um, I used both my Amazon Prime and PayPal accounts to make a couple of online purchases. To which of these activities more did the dog word... torture equipment <laughs> 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 to buy some more dogs to torture from the dark web? Um, to yeah. which of these activities does the word technology not apply? Now, I'm no digital geek, but I live my life the way everyone does, surrounded by technology. That's why I'm surprised and frustrated that so many smart people have been warning that the technology sectors weight in the S&P is dangerously high. Also, Wait, I'm a fucking a idiot and a sadist. A digital, a digital geek is just a geek because an analog
2: geek is a hipster.
0: <laughs> That's true. Yeah, who in 2018 is, like, talking about being a digital geek because they, like, are watching Netflix? Number
2: one. Good God, call the geek squad. My dog torture equipment is malfunctioning.
0: I,
1: for one, love to stream Netflix and Spotify via my tablet computer. Absolutely. Um, oh, and- you
0: fucking nerd. Um, which, which,
1: which, makes me, which makes me a tech geek and also, like, the mm-hmm. hackers from the famous movie Hackers.
2: Yeah, I'm in, Yeah, This is... De- this is on definitely a skateboard in a long leather trench coat <laughs> <laughs> The ultimate digital geek. Karen Firestone definitely says I'm
0: in every time she logs onto her <laughs> Amazon prime account. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I correctly guessed my own password.
1: <laughs> you know what? Like, you know, you know, so, so like I've got this weird setting on my computer, which means that every time I basically like, shut down my browser, I have to put in my passwords again. And like be- being an idiot like myself, I always forget them. So, like, it usually takes me 10 minutes to kind of go through these various channels to find my passwords. Mm -hmm. Um, And that makes me feel like a computer genius. So... Yeah.
0: yeah. No, you're... you're,
1: I guess this is the same thing.
0: You're hacking the mainframe of your own mind. (laughs)
1: You
2: need to get one password, man.
0: No, okay. So, um, this is is Karen Firestone's take, which is basically because I, a very wealthy Boston-located fund manager... um, base I'm using technology to like shock my dog get off and then you know buy some Charmin ultra quilted toilet tissue um, the S&P 500's insane overweighting um, to the technology sector is actually not a bubble right like that's that's more or less th- what she is saying let's think about this right like what do these companies actually do just the top 5 you know Apple Amazon Alphabet Microsoft and Facebook um like f- what? Like Facebook and, and Google are the ones that I particularly am interested in because how do they actually make their money? Well, uh, advertising. Right, yeah. They're advertising. Classic.
2: They I, are, I, I, have a, I have a story about this whenever yeah. you want to fill it ahead. in. Hop in. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> th- welcome to Milo's When I Went to Business School corner. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'm the only person on the left who went to business school. <laughs> I was radicalized by business school cause it was so bad. <laughs> um, yeah. So one day, um, in fact it was our first lecture of one of these courses and like evidently the dude just on the first lecture of term could never be fucked to give the lecture. So he got every year he would get like, instead of doing his lecture, he would just get an external person from like a company to come in and give a talk about what they do. Um, and, uh, And he, he, he wasn't even there. Like he wasn't even there, like introducing the guy. He just did not show up. He sent this guy from Google analytics in his space. So um, Google, if for people who don't know, Google analytics is like the bit of Google that does all of the really fucking complicated marketing shit. So like, if you have a, if you have like a website of any kind or whatever, you can use Google analytics to basically like analyze all of the traffic that you get who it is, what they're looking for, and how to, like, target those people as customers. So, for example, so, if you're selling a snuff film of your dog. Right. Yeah, exactly. You would target Karen Firestone. <laughs> who is admittedly mostly turned on by snuff films of her own dog, but other people's dogs will do in a tight spot. So, anyway, they got this guy in from Google Analytics, right? And it would be safe to say that this man fucking loved Google, right? Like, he was, like, he was like a fucking... It was like he was in a cult. He was basically mm-hmm. going, like, Uh, Yeah, you know, because like uh, Google Analytics, you can use it to market anyone, anything. It's incredible. And he's like, I've gotten so interested in marketing that I have found myself online changing my own behaviors to make it easier for market marketers to target marketing to me. Holy shit. Right. So the, the amazing thing is that this guy is himself a microcosm of how fucked up this whole segment of the economy is because he is like deliberately being like, he's like presenting his anus being like, fuck me marketing. But the thing is that there's no point marketing to this man because the only thing he's interested in is marketing. So all you could advertise to him would be the opportunity to buy advertising. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that's really so much of it is what it is, right? Because like in the productive sense, marketing doesn't if you need something you know you need it and so you go and you get it right like that's ostensibly the way this shit works but marketing is this podcast unless it's this podcast in which case you definitely don't need it um but marketing all it does is create and fulfill needs right it doesn't make anything it's just these two giants because so facebook does the same thing it's its same business model twitter is the same thing but more nazi themed um hmm where all they do is they find ways to more and more finely tune um, marketing to a population, right? But <laughs>
2: People, if no one people ha- who
0: bought 50 black shirts also bought 50 pairs of black trousers. That's me. That's literally me. But if, but in the sense that like, if no one has anything, and if no one's making anything, then really marketing is pointless busy work. And it, but it's like more and more of our economy, or of the US economy, and I guess that's the world economy, is just focusing on pointless busy work. It doesn't do anything for anybody. It doesn't fulfill a single need. It fulfills the needs of some people to get really fucking rich. It, well, Yes, I suppose so. It fulfills the needs of Mark Zuckerberg to be able to like, I don't know, um, go on a robo tour of, mid, of Midwestern America to say he is an enthusiast for, ca- for a bovine cattle. <laughs> and he's Mar- Mark Zuckerberg running- has none of your human needs. No, Mark Zuckerberg has not a single human need. He, is, he has transcended them because of the power of marketing.
2: His only need is to lie on a rock under a hot lamp every morning <laughs> for several hours. Right, but,
0: okay, but, like, saying, you, you sort of see this as well, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm being quiet mainly because I'm I'm, I'm looking at Starship Trooper uh, uh, fa, fa, fa fan stuff on Tumblr. Yeah, no, no, uh-huh. this, so this, yeah, like, in, in many ways, in many ways, this is, like, stating the obvious, right? Like, when you, when you go down to it, um the ultimate question being like what do all these kind of like social media companies actually do like what kind of wealth are they generating and is and it's a weird thing to ask because i think so much of our like society over the past 5 years or so has pretty much been dominated by online right so if you look at like um you know if you look if you look at like the fa- one of the fastest growing job sectors is in like social media marketing and management and stuff uh pr agencies are all kind of like social media first You know, and when you talk to them, so I, my, my job involves like talking to a lot of PR people and the way that like they usually think about things is always in terms of like what the teens these days call clout. Um, you know, it's not the idea of like, you know, my client or like the celebrity that I represent can kind of increase your business in like very kind of real terms through this method. It's like, well, he's got this. My client's got such a, like a big reputation that number one, he shouldn't be paying for like to stay in your hotel room, um, and number two, if he posted like one picture of this hotel on Instagram, you're going to get loads of business as a result, right? There's no evidence to back this up. There's nothing to kind of show that this is true, but this is like something that has sort of been accepted in a lot of like PR circles. And I think what it goes to show is just how much of this kind of like bullshit, like, you know, social media, uh, eco- like social media driven economy has like taken over. Um, So now, even though we kind of all know that, like, Twitter and Facebook and, like, Instagram and stuff don't really offer anything, and they're not definitely not creating wealth, as you said, like, Netflix loses money every year. They're now thinking about, like, running kind of ads in the same way that TV does. So basically, they're kind of saying, we're going enough
2: people are buying the dog (laughs) (laughs) porn. So,
1: so, so, yeah, so, you know, they're they're basically going to, like, replicate what people do on TV, but put it on the internet. Um, And it just, like, I don't know, you know, so much of this just reminds me of, like, the HBO show Silicon Valley. Right, where a guy just made like a shit ton of money, like he made billions of dollars because he put um he put music on the internet. That's like the big gag, right? Like yeah. this really dumb thing, but now he's kind of like a billionaire venture capitalist who spends like wastes all his money on really stupid things. Um, so that's like my, so that's my take on it. But I imagine like, like is, is it is you know the, the weird thing I think is just that everyone knows that this is happening, but yeah, we can't really figure out whether like how it can be stopped or whether it'd be good that it should be stopped.
0: Well, um, it's, it's the thing is how, how I think one of the main ways it could be stopped is just if people have more money, because one of the reasons sort of advertising has gotten so pernicious and yeah. so tight and so micro targeted is that people have less money to spend. And so the way to stop it is just by, if you give people more money, it, uh, this level of advertising won't be necessary, right? Because people have less, but companies need them to keep spending. And so this is just basically capitalism and yet another one of its death throes because, because that this, is, this is the core contradiction that sort of even Marx pointed out, that the sort of the tendency of the rate of profit to fall. As sort of wealth inequality increases, which it naturally does, people have less and less and less money. And in order to maintain that sort of their wealth, um, the capitalists need people to spend that money still. And they, disp- they need them to spend it on stuff that they don't even need. And so then you get sort of social media micro targeting and sort of the whole business of data mining so that you can you can be induced to like go into debt to buy, you know, a t shirt that says oh homie on it with a picture of your favorite SoundCloud rapper. You know, it's that it's literally that's what is happening. Can and I just, they're doing something that's creating no value in order to just mine the last little droplets of blood from the actual working class.
1: Can I just say that it's very funny that the ice cream truck just like drove past while you were while you were while you were saying that. Of, uh,
2: <laughs> yeah, it I gave it a kind of it gave it a certain pathos, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Talk about talk about fucking breaking the marketing paradigm. The ice cream truck. <laughs> We're gonna triggering people with the industry. ice cream song.
0: But then that's and but then
2: that's just um
0: that's Facebook and Google. On the other hand, what um what companies like Amazon and the gig economy providers, you know, like like Uber and Deliveroo or whatever, and all these other companies that are supposedly the rising stars, they're just squeezing blood out of workers the other way, like. They they haven't really invented much other than a way to circumvent workers' rights, and so where the where the social media giants are squeezing sort of the last of people's savings or getting them to go into debt uh, through through targeted marketing, the Amazon and the gig economy providers are just figured out ways to sort of transfer wealth in the form of just you know lost benefits, lost hours, zero hours contracts, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, from sort of the most precarious workers to people like Karen Firestone, you know, she's thinking like, oh yeah, well, um, I'm, I'm, I'm using my Amazon. I'm, am, everything I buy on Amazon is really cheap. I, it must be because of technology, but actually Karen Firestone is enjoying her, you know, new dog shock collar with, you know, added shock butt plug um, because <laughs> there is because there is someone in an Amazon warehouse whose rights have been eroded to the point that they're being paid like ten dollars a day. And like you're shitting themselves in fear because if they stop, they'll be dropped into it from a trap door into like a
2: fire pit. Do you think like the dog has now gotten to a point where it has such Stockholm syndrome that it deliberately strays to the boundaries of the property just to feel something? (laughs) Also, what we fail to acknowledge is there's actually a third way of squeezing the blood out of the workers, which is being developed by a friend of the show, Peter Thiel.
0: Uh, Very literal. Yeah, but
2: (laughs) it's all the same thing.
0: It's all completely the same thing. Where it's just, it's not that these people have invented anything, but all they've done is taken advantage of a very lax regulatory environment to sort of assist and mask an incredible upward transfer of wealth. That's literally all they've done. So
1: much of this is like service driven stuff too, right? So like Mm. we mentioned things like Uber and Deliveroo and all that stuff. um, Where like the kind of, where the, the differentiator or like the means of attaining competitive advantage is through like being quicker, right? So if you're like, mm-hmm. you know, I I I was listening to a genuine business podcast uh, a couple <laughs> of days ago um, <laughs> for research reasons because I want to set up I want to set up a uh, a social media company. No, um, so on this on this like on this very genuine business podcast, they we were talking about uh like you know means of you know means of attaining competitive advantage and the idea that if you had a service where um where like same day delivery was guaranteed. Like it would blow Amazon out of the water, right? Um, because like ultimately, like the kind of thing that gives value is speed, um, you know. And the idea that we have an economy that's like being driven faster and faster because of that demand for speed, you know, we're kind of having the right conversations at the moment in terms of like what's the human cost of like that? You no, know, such so you know such fast kind of delivery of services, especially when we're talking about like you know why CEOs are so um so you know so keen on like union busting and stuff like that um but the fact that like it's basically just like the monetization of time i guess is like the point that i'm trying to make like like in an economy where everything can be monetized it's no longer the idea of like creating physical material things it's about like putting values on things that like are available like should be readily available to all of us and there's also like one reason why i'm very worried about like natural resources like water um, mm-hmm. And like the number of like big businesses, like startups and stuff, are just like so fascinated with you know making businesses around water. Like that's going to be you know that's that's the natural trend. That's where we're going to go to next. But it ultimately kind of shows that these are CEOs, that kind of want to put value on absolutely everything, despite how ghoulish that would be.
0: Well, if Guys, if the
2: cost of raw water goes up, I'm going to go under. I've got to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm
0: not going to be able I to. Can't get, afford anymore. I need to get my. I need to get my exclusive and valuable dysentery. Um, well, that's, just the, that's the thing, right? Is this is just more primitive accumulation? You know, all the, the it's a, which is when sort of someone with power or capital or whatever encloses something and says, "This is mine now." You know, so when so they enclose water, this is mine now. I've accumulated it. I have property rights over it, and I'm going to restrict it from you. Um, and, and and they they've done this with with people's time and people's sanity. they've done this with people's data and but the, the thing to remember is that not this is just they haven't produced anything. they've just sat on stuff. they've just hoarded things to themselves. and 25 percent of the US economy is basically based on people just hoarding shit and engaging in sort of a transfer of wealth, whether that's in like, and Disc- whether that's in discounts on taxi rides and you know your electric dog torture device, um, or whether that is you know something, or, or whether that's even like tax dodging and being the valuable company because you're sitting on fucking trillions of dollars, it is just unproductive rent-seeking activity, right? Like if you read Peter Fraser's uh, Four Futures: Life After Capitalism, which I strongly recommend, um, where you see we're actually kind of transitioning into the rentier economy. Where there is nothing being produced anymore, where like, you know, we actually, most jobs have been automated away and now we're just kind of trying to figure out what to do with all this surplus. Um, and we're just using it to sort of protect the interests of a few wealthy people. And then everyone else, you know, gets to fucking shit themselves to death in a warehouse to, to, to make sure the rest of it f- goes smoothly. But then there's, a, there's Keep another... Keep that cash dry. Don't shit yourself near my cash warehouse. There's another, there's an, another category of of tech, of tech company, though. And this is where Netflix, Tesla and the Juicero sit, which are the subsidy hogs. Like like you said, Hussein, like Netflix makes a loss every fucking year, but they keep getting invested in just because of basically marketing just because people are enthusiastic about this idea, even though it's not a viable business.
1: It's also, it's um, also it's also rooted in fear as well, right? Like you know Netflix has kind of got a huge market share when it comes to television and media, but like media is an industry that you know notoriously like it's very difficult to make money in it, right? um mm-hmm. you know and, and you know and netflix was kind of seen as like okay this is the alternative to television this is going to be um you know this is going to be the future the future is going to be streaming and stuff like that um and you know and netflix caught on to that very very early on but the point the problem is is that the way that's like the te- like television is structured is one where like you're still dependent on lots of different parties when it comes to like creation direction licensing copyright so like you know, it's inevitable that regardless of what platform Netflix moves onto and despite like regardless of how much it like you know, like how many people that it can reach with its um with its still like quite low kind of subscription rate, like that's not gonna cover all the costs if they wanna like do their own original shows or they do their own original news programming and stuff like that. Mm. Um, you know, it they're always it's always, always going to make a loss. And that's one reason why they're kind of considering doing advertisements like in between the shows um as i think i mentioned as i think i mentioned before uh yeah, yeah. and uh, you know that's, that's gonna be the same as spotify too like i don't think spotify has ever like has made like a lot of money since its inception um despite the fact that it's basically decimated like the entire music industry and like screwed up like everything if you're a uh if you're like a, if you're a band starting out and you can't get a record label because it's just not financially feasible to give bands record labels anymore real uh, record deals anymore
0: it's, what we, it's what's happened is we are just, we've, it's basically monetized precarity, more or less. Yeah. Right? It's that you, you are a musician, and but we're going to take, we have found a way using technology to take no risk on you, to sort of not employ you in any way, and only to pay you the fraction of how useful you are to us at any given second. You know, and, and so that, but these guys, the guys, they get, inve- they, 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 pro- they profit off of precarity, but they're not profitable anyway. So they, they sort of suck up investment. Or someone like Tesla. All they like so much of their of their money just comes from the fact that governments around the world subsidize the purchase of electric cars. Now, whether or not you think that's a good thing, and I'm sort of conflicted about it, it means that sort of Tesla, SpaceX, and the Boring Company are actually just very fancy ways to sort of to sort of suck taxpayer money out of, out of government and away from, say, potentially useful programs where, it, you know, it could feed someone. Instead, we, uh, and so he's like, oh, you know, I'm going to get my space program subsidized because they decided, because Bill Clinton decided it wasn't useful funding it in the 1990s. Or, you know, I'm, I'm going to build like a special underground train that goes directly from my private bathroom at Chicago O'Hare to the fucking Trump
2: Tower. You know, because Elon he Musk just misunderstood that. what the underground railroad was. <laughs> he this thinks he's how, being really woke.
0: This is this is how we're going to end racism. Please do not ask how my family made money. Fuck, that was Scottish. <laughs> Scottish
2: Elon Musk. Scottish Elon it's Musk. It's going to be a deep fried underground railroad. Um,
1: while while we're on while we're on this subject, can we talk about Azalea Banks and the rev- yeah, and, and definitely and, and the, rev- and, the other- and the Elon Musk revelation. <laughs>
0: It's totally. It's yeah, yeah. Just remember that this is like twenty five percent of our economy is controlled by people like this.
1: <coughs> um. So Azalea.
2: I guess that must getting eaten.
1: So Azalea Banks apparently put out some text that she's been having with Grimes. Um. I don't know what the mm-hmm. relationship with them is. I assume that like after the whole like freeway <laughs> incident, that it was done, but apparently not. Apparently, like Azalea Banks is spilling the tea on her Instagram page like regularly. And one of the t- one of the one of the things that she posted out which has gone viral on Twitter, was the fact that Elon Musk might be faking his own accent. So he's... So, he's, so actually so because, so because, like, apparently he doesn't actually have, like, a, he doesn't have, like, a strong South African accent. He's never had holy, one. Holy um, shit, he's, he's, do,
0: he, he's doing apartheid face.
1: <laughs> so the thing is that yeah. Elon
0: Musk
2: doesn't have a South African accent no, anyway.
1: No, he has, like, a weird... Well, this is the thing. Apparently, according to Grimes anyway, he's, put, he's basically, like, he, he puts on a voice in public. Because he wants, because he wants wants to sound mysterious.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit! That's the thing. Elon Musk never sound like I'm not really from anywhere. Elon Musk never actually stopped being the guy who visits the UK for like two days over the course of a summer and then comes back with like a flat cap and a cane and says, oh, I just picked up a bit of an accent across the pond. He is literally that guy. And the and the dominance of the technology sector and the fact that it was all inspired by this weird California individualism of the 1960s means that like our futures are now in the hands of these guys who've just basically invented ways to sort of... Monetize the precarity of the vast amount of workers to, you know, um, subsidize the
2: sort of boring life choices of of white suburban psychopaths. Exactly, but I mean, who else was going to sell Mike to a fucking flamethrower? So <laughs> I think we can be we can be thankful to him for that.
0: Well, it's like, and that but that's right. Like it's. This is, they're just, they're basically, they're, they've figured out how to take money from investors or money from governments or deprive people of stuff and just transfer that value elsewhere. It's just, its they're no longer producing anything. It's just
2: a big game of three-card Monty. And at the end of it, we all die in a fire of climate change. Well, hang on, a big game of three-card Monty was what he was trying to get Azalea Banks to take on, <laughs> <in>, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's what Elon Musk would call it, for sure. Um, we,
0: uh, we should probably... We should probably uh, transition to our, our next segment where we, um, we, have, we t- Milo and I spoke with uh, uh, Molly Smith uh, in Edinburgh uh, about her book Revolting Prostitutes, which is going to be out in, on Verso soon. Dope. Um, but before nice. we go, what I think, uh, I, if you want a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel, do you know what the next biggest sector of the US economy is? Of the S&P 500? Podcasts. No, <laughs> It's, no, it's, 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 it's leftist gonna... irony, podcasting. Hell no, yeah! It's um, financial institutions like banks, basically.
1: What like Azalea Banks or like actual banks?
0: Yeah, it's it's Azalea Banks' Twitter beef with Elon Musk and Grimes is the next fifteen percent of the S and P five hundred. Wait, wait she changes her name to just Banks to be like
2: Grimes, it's like no, Banks if, and Grimes. Th- think about this, right?
0: Forty <laughs> percent of the sort of modern mainstream economy is made up more or less of of advertising advertising or sort of shuffling wealth around and then just lending people money so that it can continue to keep this cycle going. How, if anyone can explain to me why this isn't a bubble, I will fucking blow you on command because we are fucked. Roddy just wants to blow someone.
1: Yeah. If you don't just want to blow someone, <laughs> just down. like, just, just be honest about it. Put it on your curious cat. I'm sure there's someone who will say yes.
0: Don't know. No more horny curious cat questions, please. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, guys let's um let's wish which hussein safe travels let's everyone wish hussein safe travels safe travels hussein and everyone i you hope want you want you're saying that you to your phones right I, now I, I
2: hope i hope that you find yourself uh, the newest and best kind of masculinity on your uh, self-discovery trip in the land of the free and of the persons
0: <laughs> yeah of course <laughs> the land of the free persons um all yeah. right uh let's uh let's let's talk ta- ta- to uh, molly about sex work Hell yeah. All right. Later, everybody. Ciao. And so, welcome back to the second half of this, the show, which I think I I didn't introduce. I'm done introducing it. I didn't I'm, I'm not going to do the mm. intro anymore. That's as part of second second year. It's a show about
2: how Riley <laughs> like sort of does this as a job but not enough to remember a whole phrase <laughs> and say it right every time. Yeah, exactly.
0: I'm really really good at this, Milo. Yeah. Um so, uh without any any further um uh, a delay, adieu or other um uh, d- 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 well, this is just this is just a deal right now what I'm doing. I'm doing delays. Yeah, um, without with any more- further ado <laughs> with, much, with much further delay um, so uh, We are also uh, joined by the co-author of uh, revolting prostitutes out on verso books If you haven't pre-ordered it earlier, you should probably uh, pre-order it now uh, well, There's no time no- to pause the recording now. You're just gonna have to multitask. Okay. <laughs> For fuck's sake. This is a dear. This is a lot of a
2: dear. Yeah. Oh.
3: Hi. Oh yeah. I'm Pastor Chips on Twitter.
2: At Pastor Chips on Twitter. We forgot to do all uh, of that. Yeah. We're still really bad at you this. Can, you can follow her on Twitter, but don't pause the recording to do so. <laughs> what, have you only got one ear and one arm? <laughs> fuck's sake. People who have one ear and one arm are also welcome, but what for are you? Christ's sake, pull it together. <laughs> what are you, a letterbox? <laughs> <laughs> what are you, a round potato person?
0: <laughs> anyway. So, you guys have gone ahead and written written a book. It's called revolting prostitutes. Can you tell us a little bit about kind of what it's about and then we'll get into some of the content.
3: Okay. So I guess it's, um, a kind of leftist take on sex worker rights, um, which posits that sex work is in fact bad. Um, but that criminalization makes that worse, not Mm -hmm. better. I was thinking earlier when I was writing up the notes for the show, I was thinking about like this, split in the sex worker rights movement, at least in the UK, between like liberal and leftist strands. And, um, me and Gino are definitely, I would say on, in the, in the leftist strands. Um, and yeah, I don't know why why I was thinking about that really. Um, but.
0: So could you go into what that split is?
3: Um, so I guess there's people, well, one of the things we try and do in the book is try to be sort of empathetic to why various like various kinds of reasons why people have bad sex work politics so lots of non-sex working feminists um have kind of bad sex work politics because Bindles. right because they are correctly identifying the reality that the sex trade is like a site of like ex- misogynist and capitalist and racist exploitation and harm and trauma and they think that can be fixed with more policing. Like they're right about the first half; they're just not right about the second
2: half. Yeah, they're going to fix it like they fix drugs, yeah, right? Of right, absolutely.
3: And then conversely, some liberal feminists and also I would say some liberal sex workers. And this is like I, I feel really empathetic to why this happens because it's like a defensive response to stigma. If you're say a sex worker. And you're used to being told that you're disgusting, that you're abject, that your you know your body is constantly like likened to a to a meat or to or like you know loads of horrible like misogynist language that I'm kind of hesitating to even use because it's too gross to speak. Then it sort of makes sense to me that you would try and push back on that by being like, actually, no, I love my job. I love sex. I love having sex for work. Work is good. Sex is good. I pay my taxes. Um, You know, I'm I'm a legitimate worker because I do that and because I love it. Um, And that's totally understandable. But work is bad, let's yeah. be real. Yeah, I mean, everyone <laughs> hates their job. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's long, I mean, that's 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 long been, I mean, in as, as much as sort of, I have a sex work politics, mm-hmm. my politics has been sex,
2: great, work, all work is bad, yeah. <laughs> ban yeah. work.
3: Yeah, mm. yeah.
2: <laughs> it's, I hate this job, I hate Riley, I've never made enough <laughs> money to pay taxes. Like, I...
0: <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> but it's, and so, and that's the that's what I think is really interesting, is that sort of the... Is that there is there is sort of this kind of like because there is there is sort of those three strands, right? There's, and this is something we've seen before when we've talked about this like phenomenon before or this phenomenon, this with this topic before. Mm-hmm. Is there the three strands of like um all sex work is bad, the Julie Bindles, and then there is the actually actually I'm like I have a great time mm-hmm. uh being being a sex worker and I love and I love all that and so mm-hmm. on, when it's like You're still just glorifying a form of exploitation in the form of work rather Mm -hmm. than sex work uniquely, and then there's this one which I really like, just mostly because I'm very lazy, which is the the like fuck fuck work uh, position.
3: Right, right, and like you know. One of the reasons, well, one of the reasons why this kind of liberal sex worker rights position is bad is that it's sort of nonsensical. It's like, if we're saying that sex work is currently amazing, then like, what is the point of the sex worker rights movement? Like, what are we asking for? What's the problem? And like, clearly, Shit, we can go home. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And clearly, the problem is that like, you know, sex work is really explosive. Like, and that is driven in large part by criminalization, although not exclusively. Um, and, you know, and, and traumatic and like fucked up in mm. a million different ways. And like the point of the sex worker rights movement should be to like mitigate that in both like big and small ways. Um, so what, and I kinds guess- of,
0: what kinds of things are the se- is the sex worker rights movement aimed at right now? So in the UK, especially, the
3: key demand is decriminalization. So like in the UK, um, working on the streets, both selling sex and indicating that you want to pay for sex are criminalized. So obviously that drives, um, people who sell sex on the street into the shadows. It, um, signifies that they are, you know, outside the bounds of, of the rest of society. And so perpetrators feel free to attack them. Um, and indoors, um, The only legal way to work is alone um, and with, you know, like legal rights to work in the country. So like being documented rather than undocumented. Mm -hmm. So obviously it's much safer to work with a friend. um, But if you do that, you are both potentially liable for brothel keeping and the police like actively search out that kind of situation, prosecute one or both of you for that. And if you work for a manager, then... You are safe from criminalization, but your workplace is criminalised, your manager is criminalised, so you have no labour rights, no recourse if the workplace is abusive or exploitative, um, you know, no recourse if you're harmed by a client at work, because to tell, like, for example, to tell the police about that would involve making the workplace visible to the police, and the police would then raid it and shut the whole place down. Um, so, Yeah.
0: Yes, yeah, so not not all the climbing walls and free snacks in the world could make that right. a, a particular like you know woke
2: '90s Silicon Valley office. Oh shit! But what if you got free beanie hats? Would that help? <laughs> That'd be better.
0: Okay, so there's this. So that's that's a, a very sort of very sort of like, sort of straightforwardly articulated demand, but there is presumably, I'd say quite a, quite a quite a few obstacles in the way of that, right? In some
3: ways, the terrain of the debate feels. Um, weirdly mismatched because sex workers are mostly trying to talk about stuff that gets read as very kind of boring and and when we talk about like stuff that is about i don't know workplace safety um that is kind of heard as capitulating to sexual violence Um, you know, so on the one hand you have like the Julie Bindles of the world who are, who are kind of posturing as very radical because they're saying, you know, this is a disgusting, terrible industry and we should just, we should tear it all down. You know, like, you know, this idea that like radicalism means starting from the roots and like, we just need to uproot the sex industry and just throw it away. It
0: seems like it's the, again, it's one of these things where it's like Julie Bindle seems like she's a little bit right. And she's like, yeah,
2: tear down the industry as part of tearing down all industries. Right. Yeah, well, because also like, there's nothing radical about criminalizing sex work. Right. That's pretty much what every country has done since the dawn of like countries existing,
3: right? And there's nothing radical about giving the police and the border police more power, which is what you're talking about when you talk about uprooting a sex industry. I don't know. I can't know. see that
2: going wrong. Yeah. The r- <laughs> r- radical thing: to volunteer border <laughs> flaws <laughs> to solve p- prostitution. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the only way we're going to solve the problems for the sex industry is if we give the police rocket propelled grenades. Obviously. I had heard
2: that I had heard that
0: yeah. right
3: but you can't you can't fix worker rights issues with carceral non solutions no. because that is what is producing harm like in the same yeah. way that um undocumented migrants are subject to abusive or dangerous workplaces precisely because of border policing mm-hmm. precisely because that means that if they make themselves visible to state authorities in attempting to get redress um for you know workplace harm they will be deported if they're lucky or criminalized for illegal working if they're less lucky. Mm-hmm. Like that's that like that carceral framework is producing the very harm that it's like I ostensibly love, like, supposed to be tackling.
2: The Markov chains inside these people's brains, like let's keep women safe from sexual violence by putting them in prison. <laughs> <laughs> <And> <laughs> the only- oh fuck. <laughs> You're blowing my mind.
3: Right. I mean, in fairness, in the UK and Europe, um, most anti-prostitution feminists will say that they don't want women who sell sex to go to prison.
0: The Nordic model, right? right they right. always, the nor- It's like these people have like a button that they can push it's just to just go to Norway, model. right? Right,
3: <laughs> which is. Complicated Uh because under the Nordic model, women who sell sex or people of all genders who sell sex, but obviously primarily women, can still be criminalized um, in lots of different ways, most obviously for working together. What is the Nordic model? So um, it's a supposedly feminist sex work law uh, introduced in Sweden in 1999 um, and it criminalizes the client and the manager, if there is a manager, and it ostensibly decriminalizes the worker so it, mm-hmm. if there's for example um a soliciting law that criminalizes workers on the street like it's supposed to or that doesn't always in reality remove that mm-hmm. so the idea is that by targeting the client in particular you're reducing demand and that means that the amount of sex that is sold will go down and mm-hmm. therefore your society will be better um, and criminalize
0: and then all Then sex managers. workers will just starve, which right, is better. Right, and then, no, right. No, criminalize all managers. Right. All <laughs> managers of everything.
3: But, I mean, all industries. You joke, but that would actually be bad.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think we, if we criminalize all managers as part of terrorism. Underestimated down, how wrong Rod right <laughs> is prepared to be. <laughs> I think criminalize all managers in every industry. Like, it's, as it part also, of so the model also,
3: for example, criminalizes the landlords of sex workers. And, like, you know, sometimes on left Twitter you're like, ha ha ha, you know, crimin- we should criminalize landlords. Like the way that that works out in practice mm-hmm. is that when the police in Sweden or Norway suspect that someone is a sex worker, they call up their landlords and they say, "Oh, um, we think your tenant so and so is a prostitute. Would you like to evict her today or tomorrow, mm-hmm. or would you like to be prosecuted for pimping because you're her landlord?" And the tenant goes, "Oh, thanks for let the heads up uh, the Because thanks for the heads up. I will kick the tenant out right now." Like that's what the effect of criminalising landlords of sex Oof. workers is.
2: Ah, so landlord, good. Landlords mm, are just the best. Delicious. So I good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love well, landlords, that's landlords. That's not, landlords not even the landlord, the landlord really right. at fault that's, in that's that's that situation, is it? Yeah. yeah. Is that, that's who we need to make sure we're... We, that's where the solution... Criminalise the cops.
2: <laughs> <laughs> mm.
3: the, police mm, yeah. in, the police in Norway even, they had a specific um, uh, operation mm-hmm. uh, that was aiming to disrupt the sex industry by evicting sex workers in this way. And they called yeah. it Operation Homeless which is like an incredibly, uh,
2: yeah,
0: uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I know. It's it's the, it's the, they, re, they it's like the, that someone in, in Norway just was like looking at a chart and was like, we have too many sex workers, not enough homeless people.
2: Right, we need, right. We, we need to, to, to change the diet. Yes. We've solved the homeless problem too well in Norway. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, let's stop people selling sex by making the people who sell sex homeless, right. a group of people who never sell sex. Right, no, right. Never yeah. in the past has, any, has that ever happened. Yeah. It's, it's, it is ex- I'm not a smart guy, but I'm starting to feel <laughs> smart in comparison to these people.
0: Like it's it, this, the, the level of myopia is truly staggering.
3: Right. Right. And, and yet the Nordic model is presented as this like amazing, like feminist utopia, um, precisely because of what we were talking about earlier. Like people like, you know, people, women come to feminism with like a bunch of hurt and trauma and that's like totally legit and understandable. And, you know, I think me and Juno would say the same about our own experience of coming to feminism but like mm. people want to like put that onto a specific like relatively small group of people so that they can kind of otherize it and push it away and and they are and again people are correct that like the figure of the client does represent you know like loads of patriarchal and capitalist harm and so it sort of does make sense to put a lot of that hurt and trauma onto that person you know he is the kind of physical embodiment of like huge inequalities of loads of different kinds but the policy of criminalizing him doesn't make stuff better for people who sell sex it makes it way Mm -hmm. worse and people are just so caught up in this like desire to punish the figure of the client who's come to stand for this kind of archetypal perpetrator of male violence
0: it's it almost seems like a a weird kind of like sort of a a turning inward, a kind of weird sort of self-flagellation to the we must, we must punish the client, but we sort of know we all are also the client.
2: Yeah, I think that like a lot of people in that kind of like what we might quote unquote call sort of white feminist circle, they kind of they They're get lost. into they get into feminism for the uh, men, and they do not want to stay for the intersectionality. Mm. And so therefore, like it's much more appealing to them to be like, ah, it's men again. <laughs> like Cluzo, we've found the culprit, rather than being like, oh no, it's actually like societal structures. Wait, right. I'm in those. No, not those.
3: <laughs> right, right. I think there's something really similar as well in terms of like how people often are angry at homeless people like there's an amazing quote that we've used in the book they're pretty from annoying to be fair a city councillor in oxford where he says something like oh um you know i see these homeless people in oxford and i just want to go up to them and shake them and say pull yourself together have some more respects and it's like that doesn't make sense and you like they're not they're not Choosing to be homeless, you fucking idiot. Like, and you know, you see that again with like classic <laughs> troll, being homeless
2: to own the lives.
3: <laughs> you know, with like finding homeless people and like anti-homelessness spikes, etc. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that's like people are made really uncomfortable by like the kind of visible manifestation of like the inequalities that are produced by capitalism. And instead of like seeing that as like about a wider like social thing, they become angry with the symptom and I think you have the like you have a really similar dynamic with street based sex workers in particular who are like often hassled by like random passers by Mm. like people going past in cars will throw things at people they see working on the street And, and even like Nordic model campaigners will like cite like, the supposed success of the law in terms of, like, the reduction in, like, visible street-based sex workers. And they're not asking, are those people happier? Are those people safer? Are those people no longer doing street-based sex work because they're wealthier and more secure and less precarious? They're just saying they're less visible, and that's good. Like, and, and like, s- the sex industry in general, and clients in particular, definitely kind of s- symbolise, like, like, exactly what you're saying, like, come to symbolise this... Um, these like really profound, scary inequalities that people don't want to deal with. And so like get otherized and like pushed away.
0: So then if we sort of know the the Nordic model to be bad, even though that's kind of what everyone seems, what, what most of the sort of mainstream seems to be campaigning for is the woke position. And we also sort of know that from the sort of worker side, the provider side, what we need is like decriminalization, labor rights, the ability to unionize, Mm -hmm. you know, the ability to sort of work in the open. Mm -hmm. How do you get there? How do, how do you, where are we going legislatively in the UK? And how do we get to where we need to be?
3: Um, I'm sort of less worried about, Nordic model stuff although obviously I'm quite worried about it but I think I am much more worried about Sester Foster style copycat laws because I think it taps in like what Gino's saying it feels sort of cleaner like more like everyone loves tech stuff I don't know yeah um (laughs) Like, and it taps into this kind of Tory authoritarianism, oh, yeah. um, like the suggestion that WhatsApp should be forced to unencrypt itself. Um,
0: all, all of these powerful people, uh, including Sarah Champion, the person with one of the more ironic names, mm. um, it, it, she, she's utterly unencumbered by any kind of censorship ever because she's already powerful. She can already basically say anything she wants. This even goes back to like the people talking about, you know, how the banning of Alex Jones means that Donald Trump is censored. He's the fucking president. He's not Mm. censored. All of these people who say, Oh, I'm voicing controversial opinions. I'm Julie Bindle. I have a guardian column. Nobody wants to hear what I have to say, except this subscribers to this giant syndicated platform.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, History is written by the champions.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right so all so the all, of course they want to censor because they know it will ne- or get the ability to censor because they know it will never affect them because they're always wielding the censorship hammer. Yeah. You know and so and so when they and so the, the it's it's even just like the the the, pe- the people who put down anti-homelessness spikes are people who own homes. Yeah. You know? It's it is it is the it is the most sort of vile kind of punching down. Not the
2: idea that they're like anti-homelessness spikes rather than anti-homeless spikes. That they somehow stop the problem of homelessness. <laughs> like, we put down these amazing spikes and it's just... Everyone's got
0: houses now. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. We've put, solved it. We put down these giant hollow spikes with doors and kitchens and that. <laughs> <laughs> like, wigwams. <laughs> yeah, we made teepees. Look, anyway, so we might so we're saying we might we might see some kind of copycat sesta Foster situation um as sort of you know more because more and and we're seeing even we're seeing this with porn right like theresa may wants to have some kind of age verification or or whatever because like all of the i'm I'm convinced that there are two kinds of tories there's the there's like the there's the, the boris johnson and lord pickles type Who are just like Lord
2: Pickles? (laughs) (laughs) Is is he a lord now? I think he's a lord. (laughs) Holy
0: shit, that's good. Who are just Mm. sort of you know constantly just like getting high and you know getting sucked off and like you know turning Britain fascist, but like sort of in a self-dealing, cynical way,
2: turning Britain fascist by shagging your mum and convincing her to vote for it.
0: Then there are the ones like Liam Fox and Theresa May who are completely ideologically and hedonic to whom the idea of like just jacking off or having an orgasm or whatever is just gives them
2: a little shudder.
0: Let's forget Theresa
2: May goes on holidays in Wales.
0: She goes on walking holidays.
2: In Wales. In Wales. Talk about being anhedonic.
0: It's just, and they want to make everyone as anhedonic as they are. Yeah, she wants, to, she wants to ban sex work, but then she wants to make it so that everyone has to run through wheat fields to get to work. Yeah. So that we can all share her joy.
2: <laughs> they just like, they just kind of like hate sex and anything that might be considered like a liberal attitude to sex. And they kind of throw sex work in with their opinions about that as well. Yeah. I, I mean,
3: little do they know that. that they have, you know, a number of great allies in the sex worker rights movement. All sex workers also hate sex.
2: Because it's your job. <laughs> (laughs) everyone hates their job oh yeah (laughs) oh this again (laughs) i don't want to bring my work home with me (laughs) fucking terry from accounts (laughs) except in your case fucking terry from accounts
0: (laughs) that's what i call accounts receivable
2: That's like the <laughs> nerdiest fucking joke. <laughs> Business joke. Somehow nerdy and disgusting at the same time. Yes.
0: That's me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Like Will Keith, <laughs> oh, let's not be mean to the poor lad. He's just a sword enthusiast online. <laughs> yeah. He's my favorite sword enthusiast online. Is this the
3: everyone. meme guy with no, the swords? No, no, This is
0: just a guy who posts YouTube videos of him testing out blades. This might be the guy I think you of. No, it's a different guy. Okay, this but guy, this guy, Will guy. Keith is because Will Keith is not hateful. Will okay. Keith, like he just but, loves swords. Yeah, the, the the guy who studied the blade. yeah, yeah. yeah. He is hateful. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. He's okay. dark. Will Keith. Yeah, yeah. And then w- <laughs> Will Keith is light side because he's just a real sword enthusiast who <laughs> happens to just be broader than most of his swords are, are long. He's just a very lovely treat boy. And some
2: of them are broad swords. So, you
0: know, <laughs> anyway, we're getting deeply off topic into into Will Keith territory, which happens frequently. Yeah, Um, but regardless, so I was I we, we were asking before we got distracted by talking about Will Keith. Um, we were so, I was sort of trying to figure out like Sort of what's where's it going in the UK? And we're saying it might be a copycat Sesta Foster mm. situation. Um but what would be like the good outcome if we could snap our fingers? Other th- other of course than abolishing capitalism right. and making work unnecessary. Yes. Other than that. So in the
3: shorter term, before we do that, which is obviously just Next over October? the horizon, yes. Yeah, October,
0: uh late maybe late October. Yep. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> um like full, full decriminalization so mm. removing the laws that criminalize both workers and clients on the streets um removing the laws that criminalize workers when we work together indoors mm. uh subjecting our managers when we work for them to labor law mm-hmm.
2: yeah. um
3: so in in new zealand where they have this uh, a sex worker relatively recently took her manager at brothel to an employment tribunal for sexual harassment and won and won a pretty large financial payout but also obviously like won the amazing symbolic victory of being able to say like sex workers aren't uh, we're not supposed to be subject to sexual harassment at work just because we're selling sex like and the employment tribunal was like absolutely right like fuck anyone who's sexually harassing at work like this is bullshit plus i mean so there are some problems with the new zealand model like it doesn't cover undocumented migrants um or migrants in new zealand on i think a temporary work visa Um, So that obviously means that those people are still working in the shadows. They're still unable to seek redress for abusive workplace conditions because they'll face deportation. Mm. Um, So I think if we got the if we could snap our fingers and get decriminalization in the UK tomorrow, we would um, abolish the border police as well. Yeah,
0: I mean, (laughs) I would love that. Yeah. Um, So. I'm gonna say, if, if, if anyone listening to this wants to sort of help with that finger snap, um, would you suggest they go to Swarm?
3: Yeah, so um, check out Swarm. Uh, follow us on Twitter, we're at Sex Work Hive, I think. Um, also, something I should re really mention, because I'm quite excited about it, um, even though I'm only kind of peripherally involved, is this new effort to unionise sex workers, starting with strippers, um, because their workplaces are legal, so they can okay, yeah. make their workplaces visible with picket lines, etc. No one cetera. has made
2: their bounces legal.
3: Right, yeah. right. <laughs> um, so United Voices of the World Union, who are like a small radical union in London, who have a bunch of experience um, of uh, organising kind of precarious, hard to unionize workplaces. So particularly like cleaners are like primarily like migrant workers and who are like complicatedly outsourced. So it's like not even clear like who is responsible for their shit conditions. Mm -hmm. Um, So they've been unionizing amongst those workers and they've been winning. So that's amazing. Okay. Um there was a previous attempt to unionize sex workers in the UK led by the GMB about 10 years ago now, which wasn't successful Basically, because it wasn't at all like the United Voice of the World Union. Obviously, the GMB is a huge, clunky bureaucracy that doesn't really do anything. So we we need a small,
0: lean startup union. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a oh disruptor yeah. union, a more radical <laughs> union,
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's willing to um, do stuff. Um, and that's willing to support sex workers in like quite specific ways. That's like the GMB. I remember being briefly a member of it and it was like, you just got this card that said, well done, you're a union member. And you can call our like legal helpline if you need help. <laughs> but it was like really aimed at like someone who does not do sex work. So mm. like I don't think their legal helpline would have been useful at all. Okay. Um, yeah. And I mean, it also fell apart for a bunch of mm. other dramatic reasons that i maybe won't go into because it's a bit too much like inside baseball No worries.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wait it's baseball union
3: <laughs> but yeah like so united voice of the world union looks yeah. really exciting and uh if any sex workers are listening then you should go and join in solidarity with strippers and all the other workers in it and also like anyone listening should potentially go and donate to their strike funds um because hell yeah yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: well we'll put that uh, link in the awesome. episode description awesome uh, yeah. and smash that link button smash that link button smash that uh, the, the 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 follow buttons for all of the people you've heard today um, smash the follow buttons on swarm smash the follow buttons on remy cookware the finest uh, the finest yeah. cookware money can buy in new york city they don't ship here but i'm just yeah. really enthusiastic about them <laughs> smash um, that follow button on alex jones's
2: new bebo page <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah follow alex jones on follow alex jones on friendster um yeah he's on
2: myspace pixo you know and
0: (laughs) hey commodify your descent with a shirt uh from little comrade
2: uh, Please do, and uh, let's see. People keep asking us when we're going to get a Patreon. We are going to get a Patreon soon. Yes, believe me, we need money. Um, <laughs> there are bureaucratic problems that we're currently dealing with, and as you know, we're all really dumb and bad at paperwork. And so as as bear a, with as, us.
0: And as a crimi- as a criminalized worker, I'm not actually allowed to take any money from it. Ah, uh,
3: yes. So
0: <laughs> you're going to support the other three guys and not me. <laughs>
2: Anyway, I just need your spiritual love support. And I, just need,
0: I just need your attention. Um, <laughs> like, not for anything, just in general. <laughs> <laughs> it sustains me. Anyways, uh, so, Molly, Juno, thank you very much for coming on today and talking with us about uh, sex work and the abolition of work in general. <laughs>